Good morning, everyone. I'm Courtney Eckerd, and I'm talking with David McFarlane, Marketing Communications Manager at MedSphere System. It's great to be talking with you, David. Thanks for having me. Of course. And so I'm so interested. Could you tell me a little bit about the threat that hacking and ransomware embody to both healthcare and the broader American economy? It's a great question. And we know that this, the threat is more than just significant. Um, and it's really ramped up a lot in recent years. Um, it's difficult to put actual numbers to it. A lot of it's not effectively measured right now, and we don't have reporting on every single incident. But we do know, according to organizations that track it, that there is um, a ransomware attack on um, a business or an entity somewhere in the United States about every eight minutes, which is fairly devastating, potentially. Abs absolutely. And we're noticing that this has escalated so dramatically in recent years. So what, what's the cause of that? And what makes hospitals particularly so vulnerable? Well, the cause of it, that's a good question. I mean, we now live in a digitized world. And we also seem to be now in a situation where uh, there's a pandemic. Um, we have a lot of economic need globally. People feel a sense of desperation. Um, conceivably, that could have contributed to it, uh, certainly. What makes healthcare so vulnerable is old hardware, in a nutshell. We've got a situation where about 75% of healthcare organizations are operating on hardware um, that no longer receives patches. The operating systems no longer receive patches, so they're not getting their security updates. Um, and that makes healthcare the most vulnerable sector of the economy. So what are the ramifications of that? How much do you think that healthcare are paying in ransoms? Ugh, that's a great question. And we don't have any hard numbers. Um, the thing about ransomware specifically, so let, go, looking back a little bit, there was the Colonial Pipeline um, ransom uh, last May. I think a lot of people will remember that. Um, and on the East Coast, that interrupted oil. Um, it, I don't think it interrupted oil production, but it certainly interrupted oil distribution and gasoline distribution. People started stockpiling gasoline. And that's an example of what can happen when a ransomware attack succeeds. Mm -hmm. um, but in, with healthcare, we don't have a good idea of, of exactly how many of these ransomware attacks are successful in that the, the entity actually ends up paying the ransom. It's mm -hmm. bad PR for a hospital. You don't really want to go out there and say, yeah, there was a hack and it was successful and we paid out this additional money. So sometimes we find out about it. If there is an attack and the hospital loses a considerable number of healthcare records, they are obligated to publicize that uh, through local media. Uh, HIPAA requires that they do so, or the, excuse me, HITECH, Healthcare Information Technical Technology Security Act. Uh, but if uh, there's not a hack that successfully acquires the, the, those patient records, they don't necessarily divulge that there was a successful attack on their systems. So how can hospitals get on the front end of this? How can they prevent this and combat it? In a nutshell, update your security. Mm. I mean, so if you're operating with um, old hardware and it's local and you're not getting security patches, then that's gonna make you vulnerable. Um, and the thing is with the internet of things economy that we operate within now, there's just so many ways to get into a hospital system. Um, You've got all these devices that record uh, patient data and then send it to the electronic health record. And all of those devices are potentially susceptible to a hack. You've got uh, staff and employees who are bringing devices into the hospital. 
Now, a good security system would keep those devices, you know, a phone, a tablet, something like that, completely separate from the internal system. But there are times when they are they, they're connected. Um, and so hackers actually try and get into the system through those employees, through uh, fraudulent emails or through, um, you know, other ways of just accessing that system through the individual. That happens on a regular basis. I mean, employees have to be really, really diligent about uh, reviewing the emails and making sure that they come from a reliable source. Why do you think this is such a widespread problem? Is it a lack of information, lack of education? Why? Why are so many hospitals experiencing this time and time again? It is a lack of education. Um, the easiest way to get into a hospital system is through a person. Mm. So, I mean, there's some pretty sophisticated attacks in terms of the emails that you receive that will mimic. They, they have access to data um, that enables them to create emails, you know, that use the names of a colleague within your healthcare system mm. that use um, they can get access to things that they know are going on within the healthcare system. They can pretend to be somebody from HR, take the survey, maybe win this tablet, especially if you're working for a large organization. So the level of sophistication can be really deceiving. And the employees um, need to be really you know, vigilant about reviewing almost every aspect of a suspect email that you get, the URL, the content, the links, uh, to make sure that it comes from and if uh, all else fails you need to call somebody and say did you send me this email just to make absolutely. sure absolutely and it's it's interesting because in healthcare we have some of the most intellectual people but these hackers are getting trickier and trickier and more intelligent and and it's really is such a shame that there's so many ways to deceive a person online yeah I mean, that's a br much broader conversation, right? If we were talking about how to deceive people online, we could go on for hours about that. Absolutely. Uh, so what is Medsphere doing in particular to address these issues? Well, we do have, uh, we have a, a Phoenix Health Systems consulting division. And, you know, we take pride in saying that at this point, um, Phoenix does not have a client that's been successfully hacked. Mm. So they've developed um, security protocols and um, and they can help a hospital and a and a health system put hardware in place and security systems in place that enable them to um, identify potentially problematic communications before they come in, identify uh, potential hacks before they actually access um, systems and data that might be uh, make the hospital vulnerable. And honestly, um, we're trying to move um, our clients as as rapidly as we can to the cloud. So Phoenix Health Systems as a consultant, as an IT consultant, helps with security systems. Medsphere more broadly, we're trying to move our clients to the cloud as rapidly as possible, simply because the security is then managed on that end. And cloud systems are more difficult to hack than that server that you have in a server, you know, location room within the hospital that's been there for quite some time and still has suspect security. In the absolute worst case scenario, what would happen to a hospital or other healthcare facility if they didn't take measures? Well, let's take the example of uh, Scripps Healthcare in San Diego, because that was a fairly well-known hack. Um, I think it just happened in 2020. Scripps is a fairly sizable network. Um, they were successfully hacked. We don't know whether or not they paid the ransom that was asked for because they weren't divulging that information. Uh, we do know that they lost about 147,000 patient records. So 
those patient records then now become currency to the hackers that access them. And they can go to corners of the dark web and resell those patient records and profit off of that, in addition to any ransom that they may have acquired. Um, on top of that, now Scripps is facing a situation where they're subject to class action lawsuits because attorneys are organizing some of the um, patients who lost their patient records. Um, so Scripps, you know, has the cost of the potentially the cost of the actual ransom if they paid it. Um, they lost those patient records, so. Um, they have to restore the patient records from backup. I mean, they were offline for weeks, unfortunately. So there's a lot of downtime associated with that. And then they're going to have to deal legally with these class action lawsuits. Um, that's kind of a worst case scenario because you've got these, you know, these sort of, uh, three prongs of, uh, vulnerability basically. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I don't think it's close to the worst we could, uh, as bad as it could possibly get moving forward, given that, I mean, these hacks come in all the time all the time and they're difficult to detect and they're successful enough that they're certainly motivating motivating for the hacker hackers to continue this well thank you so much for all the insight david i'm curious where can our listeners find more information on the topic for more information on our security services please visit uh, medsphere.com you're looking for the phoenix health systems consulting division there's a lot more information about the security services they offer there Excellent. Well, thank you again for joining me, and I hope that you have a great rest of your day. Thanks, Courtney. You too. I had fun. Me too. <laughs> thank you, everyone, for joining us. We'll be back soon with another podcast. I hope you have a great week.